0: Welcome to The Radical Road. It's Matt and Jess, and this week we talk with Bryce Papelka.
1: Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Truth Social found at The Radical Road. Twitter at The Radical Road One.
0: Visit our website on the and email us your questions or comments to Matt and Jess at ontheradicalroad.com.
1: Yes. Welcome back, everybody. We've missed you. We haven't been on for a while uh been a little busy on the road doing some ministry work
0: i know we may have to do a whole episode just about what's been going on the last few weeks because you're right like we kind of had some dead air there for a little bit but we're back yeah so
1: for all of you (laughs) that maybe are new we are in the lane of freedom and deliverance out here doing ministry work for jesus and some of you may have just been introduced to what Deliverance is with the new movie that came out, come out in Jesus's name. It will be playing again soon. So, but that's what Matt and I were called to do out here on the road.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it can be pretty interesting.
1: It's been pretty powerful, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll get into that later, though. We will. We got bigger bigger, and better things to talk about today. All right. Bryce, what's up, buddy? Welcome on. What's
2: going on? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, yes. no problem. Yeah, uh, fun experience. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. So, a little groundwork here. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. We kind of divinely got crossed paths with this young man. Um, There's because- no
1: kind of. We were divinely lined up <laughs> to cross <Right>? paths.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, how much, like, how else can you put it? His parents were actually friends with just his grandparents.
1: Well, I'll take it back even further. His grandparents. Oh, yes. Were friends with my grandparents. They were in Bible studies together. They were pillars of the church. Um, There was a special anointing on his grandparents and my grandparents. And so I'm quite a bit older than Bryce, but we went to the same church growing up. And so anyway, it's pretty cool because Matt and I stepped foot back into my old church, which was a First Son of God and now a Radiant Church is the name of it. We reconnected with his parents.
3: Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we stepped foot in there and. We just so happened to run into Bryce's parents and they're like, "Um, we're really interested in what you're doing. Do you want to go to lunch?
1: Yeah. So we had a fun afternoon with them.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We had a fun afternoon just talking and like, I didn't even know these people. Um, You knew them, but it was fun just to get to know them a little bit. And then all of a sudden Bryce enters the fray. Yeah. (laughs) So Bryce, real quick, just tell us like, how old you are, where you're from, what you got going in your life, just a little bit about yourself real quick.
2: I am 31 years young. <laughs> I was born and raised in Covington, Iowa right outside of Cedar Rapids. I'm a fifth generation machinist. I have a 7-year-old daughter and uh what's her name? Her name her name is Brooklyn. Ah, uh, very beautiful. Awesome. Man,
0: I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever been so excited for an episode because we're going to jump in your story here, but I'm just amazed of what God is doing in your life right now. And I'm so excited to get this out so people can hear what's going on and just understand, because I've been saying this a lot, like what one person can do in their church in their community when they're in full partnership with god is completely amazing so this is going to be good
1: yeah it's a really powerful story for everyone out there listening
2: yep it's also only the beginning so (laughs) yes (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah you better you better put your seatbelt
3: on
0: (laughs) (laughs) so anyway let's get right into it just kind of tell us like like what your childhood was like and kind of where you were at in terms of church life, because some people grew up in the church. Some people haven't just kind of lay it out. Like what it was like at for Bryce as a kid.
2: Yes. Um, As a kid. Uh, so at seven years old, my parents uh, signed me up for drum lessons, but I I've been, to church my entire life. I'm as far as I know. I'm pretty sure I was dedicated as a baby, got dragged along in the car seat, and then uh, eventually started going to Sunday school. And my dad and my grandfather were deacons in the church. My dad is still a deacon. Um, I got saved. I don't probably third fourth grade right around there. I'm not so sure I was saved, but I mean I felt like I was going to heaven yeah um so you know I was forced to go, and eventually it you know became something that I felt like I didn't want to do um just it felt like I was being forced you know it wasn't like I wanted to go there,
1: yeah you know it was
2: you know the snacks were good, but other than that you know <laughs> it, it just wasn't my thing, yeah you know uh so eventually uh the children's church pastor I played the drums in children's church and she could tell that I just wasn't feeling it. And she's, she asked me, Hey, you know, do you even want to be here? And I said, no, I don't. And she said, well, you can leave. I was like, really?
1: (laughs) I have a choice. (laughs) So then,
2: yeah, no, I was, I was surprised. I thought I was, I thought I had to be there. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm out of here. And then, uh, I came back when I got a little older, they had, uh, like skateboard stuff. So we'd go skateboard and, you know, mainly. You know, I hit puberty, so a lot of it was. You know, we went to hang out with the the young girls there. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We never talked to them, but you know, we stared and smiled. You know, like most young kids do. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I grew up in the church. Um, it was it was a weird thing when I grew up. I remember seeing you know demons being cast out and i never was like weirded out about it i thought it was kind of cool you know actually like it was intriguing as a young kid and you know my parents really didn't try to like shelter me from it and you know people would get prayed for they'd fall on the ground and you know, i always wondered why why are they falling on the ground you know yeah but yeah like, oh, it's, it's the power of god and you know i it just i never understood what that meant until Recently, so
1: yeah, and so for the audience out there too, the church that he's speaking about, the First Assembly of God in, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, it went through a really huge revival in the '90s. So that church actually did experience a true revival, which was a really powerful time, and it was just a very spirit-filled church at, during that time. So,
0: so do you feel like um I'm listening to that, and I'm going? so is it a case of where you didn't know what was going on or you weren't understanding it were people not like directing you or are you just like, I just got to be here. Cause my parents brought me here. Is it kind of
2: one of those things? More or less. I mean, I, I wasn't, yeah, I was just with them. I I really didn't realize, I guess the extent of what was going on. I mean, I, I noticed that, like, you know, my parents would spend a lot of time with a lot of different families from the church. We hung out with a lot of the church people, you know, outside of church. Yeah. And then later that kind of, you know, died off more or less. I mean, there's some people, I mean, we always kept in contact with them, but it wasn't like, you know, we were going out to eat, you know, every after every, you know, church night. And, you know, we'd go on Sunday morning, Sunday night wednesdays friday nights and yeah i don't know I, I guess i didn't really click with a lot of the people the children there but i wasn't i wasn't engaged in, yeah you know what god was doing i was more or less you know
0: just there yeah so at some point you kind of i don't know if you'd necessarily call it going in the opposite direction but things took a turn you definitely weren't following God's path for you. So let's just get into like what your life looked at, like as an early adult, kind of going forward up to the point to where you've now given your life to Jesus. What did that look like?
2: Well, I would say my life turned for the worse in 2006. My uh, best friend who I met at the church. Uh he passed away. He drowned. But it was, you know, he's supposed to be on his way to my birthday party, and my parents came out the house. I was outside skateboarding in the street with my neighbor, and I said, Hey, you know, your friend's not gonna make it. I didn't really understand. And then they said, Yeah, he died. And and at that young of an age, I guess I really I didn't know how to deal with that. You know, I kind of just, I mean, I cried, obviously, but after that, I kind of just sucked it up and kept it to myself. And
1: How old were you, Bryce?
2: Um, I'm not great at math on the spot, but I was born in 91. So I would have been like 14, 15, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 15. And so then, then uh, my dad always said, you know, don't smoke pot it ruined my life and and the way he talked about it is like he made it kind of sound cool but then (laughs) it's like don't do it you know Uh, so anyways i i i didn't smoke pot off the bat actually i he had cigars in the basement from when i was born mm -hmm. so that was the first thing i had ever tried smoking and uh it wasn't very good to say the least it was you know As good as a 15-year-old cigar that probably cost a dollar 15 years ago would be. (laughs) But, you know, and one thing led to another, and I started smoking weed. And, you know, I, I never really drank when I was young, but smoking weed, you know, getting in trouble with people smoking weed, I just really stopped caring about anything. You know, I played a lot of sports when I was young, and as soon as I started smoking weed, The sports quit, the extracurricular activities quit, getting high was my extracurricular activity. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually it's like, you know, this is, this stuff is expensive. And I found out, Hey, you can sell this stuff and pay for yourself, you know, sell it and it'll pay for, you know, you can get high all day and you don't got to worry about it. So then, you know, I started selling it here and there and the next thing you know, the everyone around me I'm you know I'm surrounding myself with people that are also selling it you know yeah and then it just becomes like you know who's selling more and and then you know one one of us you know I don't know if, how you'd say but leveled up extremely to where he he could put the rest of us on and you know just he was just pretty much handing out you know pounds of weed like hey Here's this, just give me this much back and whatever you make the rest is yours. So, you know, and then you know, I had it's like cool, now I got a bunch of money. It's like all the women around me were attracted to the money and you know, I end up buying a Mercedes, putting some big rims on the Mercedes. (laughs) You know, I felt like Scarface in the movie, you know. (laughs) Before 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 it went south, you know. Before it went south. But that I mean one thing, I mean, you know, one thing leads to another, you know, it's just like, you know, open up a bad door and then there's a number, a couple other bad doors. Like, well, I might as well check what's behind this one. Like, oh, that was cool. Not really into it. We'll check the next one. It's like, oh, this one's good. And so I go through that door and then all of a sudden there's other doors. And You know, it's one bad door leads to the next bad door, leads to the next bad door. And, yeah, you know. Fines, jail time, losing my license—you know, losing true friends. Just you know, just started putting putting the drugs before things I should have put before that. So yeah. I mean it. I mean, but in some, it's one bad road to another.
0: Yeah, but at some point in the middle of this, because I want to like bring this up right now because it'll come up later in the conversation. Like music, kind of re-entered your life too, though, right?
2: Uh, Okay, yes, Uh, so right after 2006, there was a group of me and two other people actually from church, and we all started smoking cigars, and they're called Black and Milds. Uh Well, at the same time, that's when uh, 50 Cent, the rapper, had came out with a song, In the Club, so it's like pretty much our first introduction into rap music, we're like, man, this stuff is cool, (laughs) so... I had this old laptop, you know, one and so old where you had to keep it plugged in because the battery was dead, you know, if you didn't, but we, we had found some instrumentals on the internet, you know, like some Jim Jones, uh, instrumental, we fly high. If anybody knows that song, you know, how old I am. But <laughs> And so we called ourselves the black and mild disciples. Oh, wow which i'm not i'm not sure why (laughs) it wasn't a good thing but great i think it had to do with because like they were involved in some gangs and they all some of these gangs call themselves something disciples and anyways Mm. yeah so we started making rap music and the other two like we were freestyle we weren't writing anything down and the other two really kind of just never caught on to it but i've always kind of been musically gifted with rhythm and I've always talked a lot. So I guess you could say I was good with words. So it kind of, it kind of really caught on for me. And so I ended up, you know, slowly building a studio in my parents' house and start doing rap music. And you wouldn't believe the amount of like questionable people that I had over in my parents' basement. And, you know, they never really said a word about it. Yeah. Yeah. But so you know none of it was I would say good music. I wouldn't personally recommend going and listening to it, but <laughs> it, it it was it was something that I could express myself because i I really couldn't express my real feelings to anybody. I don't know it, I guess I could have, but it it was just much easier to do it on a song, yeah, which I think is a
1: trap so, that a lot of young men fall into. Like they feel like they can't express themselves or their feelings outwardly in conversation. Yeah. So that would make sense.
2: And this was before, you know, the world has really changed to the way it is. I mean, back then, you know, there were things that were considered bad. Now they're considered normal. Yeah. So it wasn't so much like it, it is now where it's like, you know, Yeah. now feel, you can feel however you want to feel and it's all normal.
3: Yeah, Yeah.
2: You know, so, so if I would have expressed myself and how I really felt, then it would have been like, you know, suck it up, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, now they'd be like, here's some pills, therapy, and you might be a girl. Right. And like,
1: you know, with, I think when you're like with your dad, let's just say your mom and dad and with Matt and I just being, and you weren't a follower then, but when you're a follower, it's like we're not victims. We're victors, right? Your dad probably been like, come on, Bryce, you're not a victim. You're a victor. And that's just the mentality you have when you're in Christ. Like you don't, you don't need to play the victim role. So
2: Yeah. Well, growing up, me and my dad, we butted heads quite a bit because he's like a perfectionist, you know, there's one way to do it and that's the right way. And if it's not his way, then it's the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I was a more of like, if it works or you know this will get her done or get you to the next problem you know and so it was a it was difficult to you know work on projects because you know i'm like let's just get it done he's like no it's got to be done this way because of this and it's like you know it just we always butted heads and it's like he would be like don't do this and it's like well that sounds kind of fun actually you know
0: (laughs) Oh,
2: it—it mm. it was more like instead of talking to me, it felt like he talked at me. Which now that I'm a father, I totally understand.
1: Right, and so, and so common with a lot of father sons, really. Oh uh, yeah. Huh? Or yeah. mothers, or mother daughters, whatever.
0: Yes, yes, well, even sons and mothers sometimes. Yes, yes. This is so interesting, but so now you know you kind of doing your thing right like you're just kind of going through the world and trying to look for the for the joy so to speak you know i think this is a lot of what people are doing doing when they don't know god is like searching for something and whatever kind of makes you happy happy in that moment that
1: joy happy yeah yeah. so that temporary fix
0: so where when does it get to the point where you're like maybe i'm going a wrong direction like What kind of shifted all this for you?
2: Well, you know, and to back to the point you just made, I don't, I wasn't really searching for something to make me happy. I really was just trying to fit in.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: Because, because I really didn't fit in, you know, like I was in band, but I wasn't a band geek. I played sports, but I wasn't a jock, you know? I really didn't fit in with the stoners either, but I started to after I became a stoner. You know, I guess that's how it works. But, um, <laughs> but uh, like, are you talking about initially? Like the first time? There's been two times in my life that I would say I really chased God or yeah. attempted to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go through it all. The, the first. Yeah, let's go through the it first all. Time. The first time was a was a failure. But I learned some, but it was probably two years after my daughter was born. I was going through a, a really rough custody case, a terrible relationship with the mom of my child. And so it's like going through custody, and I'm not even sure what made me kind of turn to God. I, I feel like I was, it was, I wanted Him there because I had problems and I. I really needed help, but it, it didn't stick. I felt like my motives were not pure. I was I was simply just, hey, God, it'd be cool if you could help me just for a little bit, you know, until this is over. You know, I'd appreciate it. And Yeah, it was more about. You know, and at that point, I didn't have anybody really that was, so to speak, cheering me on. Or I mean, they'd be there for me on Sunday, like, oh, good to see you. We've been really praying for you. Yeah, you know, but it's like you know, no one was really there to pray with me. They just prayed for me, you know. Yeah. Looking so for back.
1: you, it was just words. It wasn't actions at that moment.
2: No, well, and at that point, I had still—I mean, the whole time, I'd still been doing drugs, and yeah. at that point, I started drinking, and I just was surrounded by a lot of the wrong people, you know. Sunday, would I'd be on fire, but Monday, I'd be back, you know, hooking people up with drugs, and, you know, just, it was a part-time gig, you know?
0: So, it sounds like, to me, that um, basically, the weight of your life kind of gave you moments where you're like, maybe this is something I might want to reach out to you, but it wasn't enough to push you all the way in, I guess? Would that be correct in saying
2: uh i you know i'm not really sure cuz you know it's been some time but i feel i think part of it was so i started i i made uh like a christian album and i still feel like i was i wasn't doing it for god i was doing it for attention yeah and you know i realized wow these these church people really think it's cool, you know? So <laughs> it's like, maybe, maybe you, cause you know, as someone who was doing music back then, it was like, you know, the dream was to get a record label, you know, be the next big rap star and you know, that, that became the new, you know, the standard, you know, the focus pothead dream. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I'm not the only one who had it. There was several just like me and yeah you know a lot of the people that are were doing it then are still doing the same thing now and still have absolutely no success with it so i mean yeah it it just wasn't clicking you know but I, i don't think i fully was i wasn't really opening myself up to let god do anything it was just more like hey i got some problems if you can help that'd be cool if not, that's cool too. Yeah. I still got drugs, and you know, I was pretty much numb. You know, i I couldn't. Ha- I wasn't sad. I wasn't like unhappy, but I sure wasn't happy. I was just like, yeah. blah. You know, just trying to do what I thought was my best. You know, so trying to more or less just make people happy or at least content. Yeah.
0: Um so was it a case where you kept dipping your toe in at church and and with God or did you completely turn your back on him again
2: Um I would say I completely turned my back on him slowly yeah. I mean it wasn't like a yeah. like a immediate but it also I mean the, the other part of the issue was the first place I had ever bought marijuana was at church the first place i ever smoked a cigarette was at church first time i ever tasted alcohol was at church yeah not all necessarily in church but we'd go behind the the shed back down down the hill and yeah yeah you know skip out and so it was it wasn't i mean there were things that were taking me away from god in the church itself yeah yeah that, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know. I'm sure there was some older people that, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't hard to tell, you know, these kids were out smoking. They reek like a pack of Marlboros or whatever, but. yeah,
1: And, you know, to add to that, I think as we travel this country on the Radical Road, we not just, we don't just see the lost and the broken out on the roads, out on the streets. We see lost and broken within the churches too. Oh,
3: for sure. So
1: this is not, you know, this is not just right. your situation. This is like even going on today. Like this is um an ongoing, you know, situation where the demonic can not only flood the cities and the streets and the states of this country, but they the demonic can flood the people within the churches too.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I I never had, you know, if you were to ask me, can a Christian have a a demon that's, you know. Demonizing him, or, you know, making him have bad thoughts, making him, you know. I always said, no, that's, that's absurd, you know. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought that, you know? How can you have God and a demon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you think differently now.
2: Oh, well, (laughs) yeah. That's pretty obvious. We'll get to that part. We'll get to that that Uh,
0: part. Um, and there's actually some debate about that (laughs) right now in the whole church arena, but, um, So at what point did you turn back to God? Like what, what drove you to that point where here we are today, something, something sparked you.
2: Right. (laughs) Um, well, you know, a lot of people have like a certain event or something that's like, you know, big eye opener. It's like, Hey, what are you doing? But honestly, for me, I'm not, there wasn't, in a major event or anything like that, it was kind of, it was like a, it was really a slow process to be honest. Like I just slowly, I think I just, I, I started to realize that, you know, smoking weed during the day. The, the first thing was I would smoke, I'd smoke weed all day, every day.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I got to the point where it's like, when I smoke weed during the day, I don't get anything done. I just sit around the house. I'm getting fat. Cause I'm just, smoking and eating and so it's like you know I'm gonna quit smoking during the day it's you know I realized it was it wasn't benefiting me I didn't realize that any time of the day it wasn't benefiting me but so I just it was I smoked before I go to bed because in my mind is like I can't go to bed unless I get high mm-hmm. yeah and uh eventually that slowed down as well and I just felt like I didn't needed anymore all the time i i still held on to it you know and finally i went on a date with a girl from the church and you know really beautiful woman and i felt like she was out of my league from the beginning but at first i don't think she did so we you know we talked for a little bit and we went on a date yeah i remember she we sat down to eat and she said uh do you want to pray over the food I'm like, yeah, go ahead. You can do it. You know, like, <laughs> if I was going to pray, it would have been, you know, dear God, bless the food to our bodies use. Amen. You know, just, yeah. Yeah. you know, ritual prayer that meant nothing. It's just something you say because you're supposed to. Yeah. And uh, so th- thought the date went good. You know, I made her laugh, had her smiling. I went home. I was pretty confident, you know, hey, this, maybe this is, maybe she's the one, you know. And, uh, little, I know the next day she texts me and she said, Hey, uh, you know, thanks for buying me supper and all that. But, uh, at this point, I don't think I'm any interested any longer because the guy that I am looking for needs to be on fire for God and currently living out his faith. And, uh, you know, that just isn't you. So after that night, it kind of got me thinking and that was, uh, that would have been December 31st of 2022, beginning of, well, end of last year.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: So church, church the next day, you know, new year, new me, you know, kind of attitude. And I'm thinking I, she had asked me if I smoked weed and I said, yeah, just a little bit. And she didn't act like she was bothered, but thinking about it, it's like, well, I, I'm going to throw my weed in my pipe. I'm going to throw it in the river. You know, and then I texted her, I said, Hey, guess what? I just threw all my weed in the river, you know, I'm done with it. And I, I meant, I meant it and that, and I was done with it after that, but I was like, dang, I shouldn't have told her. Cause now she's going to think that I quit just for her because of what she said. And
3: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: it turns out that isn't why I quit, but it, it, it all worked out. And God so bless that I woman. Quit, <laughs> yeah she was a seed you planner you know
1: she was a seed planner in your path for god
2: yeah no yeah, yeah she she knows it too mm, that's so good. she hears this i'm sure she'll be smiling she better be <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> yeah but uh yeah no that that was really kind of an eye-opener because i i had got to the point where it's like i'm tired of the the relationships that i had been having you know i meet a girl Sleep with her, you know, for a couple weeks, and I'd do something dumb and take her off, and you know she was done with me, so I'd find another one, and there was just I was getting no fulfillment from it, and it's like I was just thinking, like, you know, can you imagine how good you know sex would be if you guys waited until you got married? I don't know why it clicked in my head, but I'm like that would be, it would be so much more it would you know waiting for it you know and actually you know just it, diving in just wait you know let's let's get to know each other cuz we yeah. i never got to know the women i talked to really yeah yeah other than physically but so i don't know why i i kind of just started thinking in that way and cuz i i noticed that you know relationships in general in this world are yeah generally now i mean other than actual good relationships it's all based on you know either money um what someone can do for you i mean it was conditional
3: yeah
1: well and it's interesting because you know god does bless abstinence right there's power behind the abstinence um, before you get married and even and this is for our audience more so but If you're, you know, in a situation like Bryce, where maybe you let go of your virginity and then you've kind of entered into a new chapter, you can always start abstinence from that new chapter before you um, dive into marriage again at all. You know, so you don't even though you may have made the mistake of losing your virginity and living, you know, immorally in that area of your life, you can change that and be abstinent until you meet someone that and get married. So, yeah, Yeah. just to let the audience know that.
0: So let's keep going on this. What, uh, you're kind of slowly going along. You're kind of, you drop the weed. This woman kind of like divinely shows up in your life and kind of changes some thinking like what's next, what, what, what goes on next
2: um so there were there's a young pastor he's about my age at the church and my mom she'd be like hey we, at that point i really wasn't going to church
3: yeah the
2: only time i would go my mom if my mom would ask i would go just because i wanted to make her happy yeah
3: and to so honor she,
2: her. she 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 had asked me if i'd go to church and i'm like sure you know it's an hour one day a week i you know that's the least i could do for my mom and so that i mean i i was definitely thinking like you know some something's not necessarily right and i don't know honestly i i still wasn't about it you know 100 percent yeah really um i was i was still intrigued you know my, my dad has always been, you know, super quote unquote religious, you know, my whole life I've seen him speaking in tongues and it's like multiple times I've prayed, you know, hey, fill me with the spirit, you know, I'd love to speak in tongues, but never happened. And then, so we, I I end up going to church one morning, well, actually, so I, the the young pastor I brought up, he has a hunting men's group that meets every other Saturday. And he, he kept asking me if I wanted to go. And I'm like, uh, maybe, you know, I honestly, I really didn't want to go. But I told him maybe just because, you know, I didn't want to hurt his feelings or whatever. But finally, one one Sunday, he come and sit behind me at church. And had he not done this, I wouldn't be talking to you today, probably. Mm. For some reason, I, I turned around and I said, hey, when's that hunting group? Because at this point in my life, like, I got two friends that I would consider, like, you know, one consider a friend, the other maybe like three quarters of a friend. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to be around people because I've been sitting at home, I mean, with my daughter, but, yeah, you know, I don't have any real, like, friends my age just to hang out with, you know? Mm-hmm. At this point, it's like, if I want to hang out with somebody, I'm just, I'm going to the bar and drinking and, you know, Mm -hmm. there was no friendship in that other than cheers, you know, bottoms (laughs) up. But, (laughs) and so I go to this, this hunting group and, you know, it was, it was cool. You know, I, you know, they had deer meat, you know, free food is, you know, the ticket to any man's heart. (laughs) So I'm like, (laughs) So you know, I'm like, all right, this is bad, and and then one Sunday I go to church, and I'm out there standing next to my dad, and then I get a text from Nate, and he said, "Hey, man, God's been really putting it on my heart. Did you want to get baptized?" My daughter at the time was wanting to get baptized, and I was really thinking about it, and it's like, I guess I'll do it, but I, I. For some reason i was like my daughter was going to do it i felt like i should do it because i need to like set a good example for her Uh yeah and so i wanted to talk to the pastor um i was going to talk to him on these saturday night groups or saturday morning groups and he had to leave like early or something so i didn't get to talk to him the saturday before the baptism so i just I pretty much said, Well, I guess I'm not getting baptized because, you know, I didn't, I was going to ask him if he would baptize my daughter and me. Mm-hmm. And so I pretty much counted out. I was like, Well, whatever, I'll do it next time they <laughs> offer it. And I'm driving on the way to, to church and I'm taking the exit off the interstate to get on Blair's Ferry, which, you know, is like 30 seconds from the church. Yep. And he, and he get a text from the pastor. He said, Hey, you know, you still want to, thinking about maybe getting baptized god still put you on my heart i was like well i don't have clothes i'm not ready you know i don't think it's gonna happen bud and and then i so i get there and i talk to him he's like oh don't worry about it we got clothes for you we got towels you You know I, i that's what i found the the church makes it really hard to say no. <laughs> you know, They try to eliminate any possible room for an excuse. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I got my kids. Oh, we offer child care. Yep. Oh, I need to eat. Oh, actually, we got free food. It's like, you know, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I asked him, I said, hey, you know, would you would you baptize my daughter and me as well? And he said, yeah. So I'm like, OK, so. They, we go back there and they get us ready and in my head I'm like working on this awesome you know big speech you know I was gonna go up there and you know just lay it out there like I was Donald Trump you know <laughs> president like it it was gonna be so good you know yeah and I had it all figured out in my head and then I get up there and you know the lights are shining in my eyes and I'm like oh whatever I was going to say completely went out the window and I'm not even sure what I said, but it looked me watching it. I'm like, man, that's embarrassing. But so I I got baptized and I stayed in the baptism tank and then my daughter got in and as he's baptizing her, I'm just like trying everything I can just, just to hold it together.
3: Mm.
2: And I mean, it was, it was tough, you know, but yeah, I I just, it, it felt really good, you know, to just, it's like, man, maybe there's something here, you know? Yeah.
1: God's power
2: over and it. And at, at that point, <laughs> I, honestly, I don't, I was, I still really wasn't all in. Mm-hmm. You know, I was one foot in. I was like three quarters of the way in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was still ha- I was still hanging out in the world a little bit. And then, uh, the next Sunday, I think it would have been, was when I met you guys, or well, I met Jess. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So then I found out that my parents were going to a movie with you the next night. So I'm like, Oh, it sounded cool. So, and then it was the movie come out in Jesus name about deliverance. Well, little did I know it was going to change my life, but
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I don't know if you want to speak any about yeah, the movie. I
1: sure can. So, yeah. So ends up, you know, since, Uh, the movie was only showing in Marcus theaters. There was only certain theaters that you could attend um, in each city to come out in Jesus' name, which is a movie uh, about Pastor Greg Locke's story and how he was a pastor for 30 plus years and did not um, operate in the giftings where he did deliverance. And he realized that uh, deliverance is very real and that that's a majority of what Jesus did as he walked the earth was casting out demons. So he does this documentary, um, ends up that I'm going to the same theater room as Bryce's parents and him. And um, I took a cousin with me and we, um, at the end of it, Pastor Greg Locke says, let's do deliverance. And there was four of us in that actual theater room that uh, were able to do deliverance we're deliverance ministers, um, that have done it before. And, um, I don't know, God, God just really put Bryce on my heart. I don't usually just walk up to people unless God highlights them to me and God really highlighted Bryce. And so I walked up to Bryce and I just said, would you like deliverance tonight? And he's like, well, yeah, you know, after watching this, yeah, I could probably use some deliverance. And then I asked him, have you ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit? He said, I go not in the water, but baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he's like, well, no, I haven't. And so I said, all right, let's pray that. So we prayed the baptism of the Holy Spirit over him. And then um, I, I really felt the Holy Spirit moved me to ask a gentleman to come help me and partner with me. So he came down and we started praying over Bryce, um, doing deliverance. And then two other gals stepped in, his parents were standing behind. So we're surrounding Bryce at this point, um, <laughs> and come to find out Bryce knows one of the couple that was there doing deliverance with me. And there's a story about that, but it was just really powerful. So went through the deliverance and then his dad steps in and says, you know, I'd like to pray this prayer over Bryce and we said, yeah, go ahead. And he said, you know, his great grandparents were missionaries that were evangelists and pastors and they carried a really great, great, great great grandparents. Sorry. And they carried a really strong um, anointing and they have passed this mantle down. And so he's like, I really want to pass the mantle onto Bryce tonight. And so he just started praying you know, to the Holy Spirit to pass this man along. And I lost it. Like, it was so powerful, so beautiful. We were all losing it. It was a very powerful moment.
0: Yeah. So first off, I'm a little angry that I wasn't a part of this. <laughs> 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 but, but what are you going to do? But Bryce, like, kind of tell everybody, like, what you were feeling in this moment, what this whole experience was like for you.
2: Yeah. So I I was the movie was over we're standing in the theater and it's like there's demons getting manifested all around me people getting freed yeah. you know delivered it was cool and i'm kind of just standing there i wasn't i didn't want to stare because i wasn't trying to make people uncomfortable because i knew if they were uncomfortable you know they may not be delivered or whatever and yeah it, it was kind of like a weird thing because like the pastors listen off all these like spirit witchcraft and all this stuff a lot and you know stuff that i'm like okay you know i don't deal with any of these problems you know i'm not a freemason my family's not a
3: freemason
2: you know yeah. just lots of lots of different you know things that people could be affected by and and then like so i'm it's, it's kind of like an awkward thing and then jess comes up and she's like do you want deliverance and i'm like well i, I guess you know i'm I'm here, you know, I mean, let her rip, I guess. <laughs> let her rip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at, in my head, it's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I'm thinking like, I, do I have demons? I don't, I'd like to think I don't. And I'm like, well, I don't want to like manifest. Like I see on this movie, these people like shaking and throwing up. Yeah. Like, you know, just, you know, self-conscious. Like, I don't want to be the guy that's convulsing on the floor, you know, Yeah. in front of all these people. But I was like, okay, fine. You know and you know there was a few things that yeah were were bothering me that have you know probably been really hindering me for a long time that i was definitely delivered from yeah but it was like halfway through i you know i had, when it when she first started doing deliverance i i definitely felt something come out of me and then you know halfway through it's like they're still trying to find something bad and i'm at that point i'm like Kind of feeling like, you know, I think you guys got her done, but they weren't giving up. And, you know, I I think I said, I said, you know, at this point, it's I don't think it's what I have that's wrong with me. I think it's something that I need.
1: So I think that's when, why it's important in deliverance, usually it doesn't happen in movie theater. And usually you're working with people that you really know. This group just so happens to not know each other. And so it was kind of a c- communication error there. But but the Holy Spirit was speaking to Bryce in that moment. So he let us know as deliverance ministers what actually the Holy Spirit was saying that and what he needed. And so that was where it kind of just took a turn and it was really beautiful. Yeah,
2: what happened next? (laughs) You know, at that point, well, they were still like trying to like find something, you know, evil spirit or whatever, you know, because like they were, it's like they were trying to, they didn't think or maybe know if I still had any unclean spirits, something bothering me. And my, my dad, after the fact, he told me, he's like, he said he was praying. He said, You know, God, if you're gonna tell anybody what's the problem with Bryce, tell me. Yeah. yeah. And and so my dad had said I said something about, you know, having a friend that died. And so he started praying over that. And it's like, no, that was a nothing burger And then out of nowhere, my dad said, I want you to put your hands up in the air. So I put my hands up in the air and it's like Okay, now I'm really feeling something weird going on here. (laughs) And then he, he, all he said was, Bryce's great, great, great grandfather was an evangelist. And then he touched my hand and I just collapsed. Like God backhanded me harder than I've been hit in my life. And I just, my heart was pounding. I collapsed. My, I have an Apple Watch. And after the movie, I, I looked and there was an alert. It says, We noticed you were not active but your heart was beating above 120 beats a minute <laughs> for an extended period of time <laughs> and i was just you know i was it was it was a weird experience and even even after that i don't think i really realized what happened
1: so i i just want to explain to the audience too so what happens in deliverance is you're removing ish you're removing things of the enemy you're breaking curses off people so in that moment, we removed the ish off Bryce and broke some curses off of him. But when you do that, it actually allows then the blessing and the anointing to come in and fill him up. So his dad actually filled him back up with that mantle, that anointing. So now there was room for him to to carry that mantle properly now that the ish is gone. So that's why he feels so completely different for our audience. <laughs>
2: And after that, I was, I rode with my parents to the movie theater. And so on the way home, I was, I was asking, you know, cause you know, I was just being open and I was like asking my dad, you know, when did you start speaking in tongues? Cause I've, I've always noticed he's spoken tongues, but I, you know, we've never been close definitely on any type of spiritual level. Yeah, And so he was like, you know, uh, I asked for it one day and, He's like, three years later, you know, I start. someone was hurt, and I went to go lay hands on him, and he started speaking in tongues. So in my head, I'm like, dang, you know, I got three years to wait for this stuff. Like, you know, it was kind of discouraging. I'm like, yeah. man, that sucks. Like, you know, i, I hard telling what could happen in three years. But, you know, I was just like, you know, I, I knew something was different, but I guess I didn't quite, quite grasp it to be honest yeah yeah so but you know god was just beginning
3: yeah
0: yeah so you get delivered this mantle's passed to you
3: he got the baptism of the holy spirit
0: you're filling the holy spirit you go home what's next
2: well so it would have been the friday before the next hunting group and I was at work, and I'm thinking, you know, I haven't had a dream for a really long time. So I'm, I get on Google, like typing out, like, you know, am I? Is there something wrong with me? Why am I not having dreams? You know, it's like it'd be really cool to have a dream, you know. So that night, I, I, sure enough, I end up having a dream. I had a dream that I uh, was at my house, and uh, a burglar broke in. And I like instantly got up and I like, and the best way to describe it is I like pepper sprayed them <laughs> and, but it wasn't pepper spray. Uh, it was like, I was kind of like Spider-Man, like I shot goo in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. Like it was web. And so it was like, it wasn't like his eyes weren't burning. They were just covered in goo. <laughs> and, uh, I was, you know, reaching under my pillow to grab my, you know, my Hellcat. you Yeah. Know, I was going to, put a nine millimeter in this guy's head and send him home. And then all of a sudden my dad appeared in the dream and I don't live with my dad. So I'm like, okay, this is weird. (laughs) And uh, he said, no, we can't shoot him because you know, he stopped, he stopped doing what he was trying to do. He wasn't, you know, he broke in, but as soon as I blasted his eyes, he was pretty much helpless, you know? Yeah. And he said, we need to pray for him. And so I reached my arm out to touch the guy to pray for him. And as soon as I touched him, whatever was in his eyes just completely fell out of his eyes. <laughs> and then I woke up and I'm like, I got to write this down because I won't remember it if I don't. Yeah. And so I wrote it down, but for some reason I failed to write down that my dad was in the dream. And so the next Saturday I'm at the, the hunter group and I was telling the pastor about the dream. And then halfway through telling him, I remember, I said, oh, my dad was there. And then at the end of the class or the group, uh, Nate was like, Pastor Nate, he was like, "Uh, God's telling me I need to just uh, put some music on. And I asked him like, hey, you know, did you have anything specific in mind? He's like, no. I said, what about reckless love? Because I had been been listening to worship music on the way to work. You know, because I started to realize when I listened to secular music, it would just subconsciously, it, I would have it just, I was not having good days. I'd have bad attitudes. And I yeah. found myself like trying to fix my problems with whiskey, you know, because I was listening to country. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Whiskey and that that's, seems to be a uh, main point in country.
1: Yeah.
2: But uh, so I was listening to worship music at that point and I said, what about reckless love? Cause the, the part in that song, he says, uh, there is no mountain. I won't climb up coming after you. Yeah. And I felt like, I felt like, you know, when he said you like, it's like God came for me. It's like, he would do all these things just for me. And like, yeah. I would all I'd tear up and cry, but like, some, there's something powerful about that where it's like, you know, there's no wall. I won't kick down. No lie. I won't tear down. And like, even after that, like, when I'm with my daughter in the truck, I would sing it, and when I'd say, you know, he's coming after, instead of saying me, I'd say you, and I'd point to my daughter, like, let Aww. her know, like, he's coming just for you. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, but, uh, so he started playing the song, and I kind of, I took my hat off, and, you know, I just kind of rested my head on my hands, you know, kind of bent over, I wasn't praying, I wasn't singing, I was just kind of just soaking up the moment you know because this song for some reason is just has just started like really speaking to me before that
3: mm-hmm.
2: and then out of nowhere i just start speaking in tongues and like i i caught myself and i like in my mind i'm like am i just making this up <laughs> is this real uh, and so i i the group ended and i i went to talk to the pastor i said hey i think i was speaking in tongues and then like he he just like affirmed that you know you may think you're like making up you just got to you know just let it let it flow and
1: yeah he,
2: cha- he challenged me he said he asked me you want to you want to like try it? you want to try it again like right now and at this point like they turned the lights on all the guys are getting up starting to talk about to leave I'm like no I think that kind of ruined the vibe like yeah but that night I went home and he, he challenged me he said you know, I want you to just dig into it, you know? And so that night I, I'm like, all right, well, I'll play Reckless Love. I turn the music on and, and sure enough, I'm boom and start speaking in tongues again. And I'm just, it's like, it's, it feels like something it's like that I needed to practice to get good at. I don't know if yeah. you can be yep. good at it, but it was at first, you know, I just, it was weird, you know? hmm
1: yeah, and it's
2: now it's like you know I'll be sitting there and just in my head I'll start speaking in tongues. It's like I'm not even controlling it. It's weird, but yeah. And uh, so my parents were in um, Kansas City at the International House of Prayer that weekend, and I didn't find this out until after that weekend because I saw my mom on Monday morning and she said when they were there they were waiting to go into the prophetic room and all of a sudden she had a vision and she said uh, there was a guy who was wearing all black and he had black bags all over him. He's walking down a hallway and as he was walking down the hallway, the bags started falling off, you know, one by one, the further he got down the hallway. and She said at the end of the hallway, there was a bowl with something red in it. And she said, when he got to the end of the hallway, when he put his hands in the bowl he was clean and then she said and it was you And instantly i just i like start tearing up like you know i felt start feeling the holy spirit just come and you know hit me like <laughs> you know grand slam and i'm i'm about to cry so i'm i'm like i got to get out of here you know i didn't want to <laughs> cry in front of my mom. And uh, so right before i left i said what time was it you know because i had a feeling that It was probably around the same time. And she said it was at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, dang, because that was like the exact time that I started speaking in tongues. And then they go into the prophetic room after my mom had a vision. And the guy that was praying over them was praying. And he said, and Becky, which is my mom, she said, you were going to start having visions. And so it's, it's, you know, it's just been like amazing to see. The just God working in small things that connect to make bigger things. And it's, it ain't, he's not just working in me. He's working through me with my entire family.
3: Yeah, yeah
2: he is. It, it's, it's been quite the experience.
0: I know we've been talking to you for a little while about all this. And just one thing happens after another, after another, after another. Like, what else has kind of been happening um, after this point? You know, you kind of got, I think the, we talked about this, but it kind of seemed like the deliverance kind of that night after the deliverance and your dad putting his hand on, hands on you and like it just kind of unlocked you was the word that we used.
2: Yeah, you know, and I, I, I really... I like I like the way that you say that. Like I think of like a video game. Yeah. And like uh you know, some video games all the you don't get all the characters. So you gotta you gotta work to to unlock stuff and then like yeah once you unlock a character then you have to go start at level one and you have to, you know, level up, level up, level up. But right. it it it's you know, people say, you know, I wish I wish God would hurry up, you know. It's all in God's time, but he needs to, you know, get moving because, you know, I can't wait forever. And uh, Jess said, you know, sometimes you just got to get in the passenger seat and let God drive. And I think my words were, uh, I feel like I'm like hanging on to the back of the spoiler, hanging <laughs> off the car, just trying to hold on. You He's know, got
1: you on the fast it's, track.
2: <laughs> it, it has been a wild ride. So, I mean, it's just like, it, Little things, but uh so I was, I was talking to one of the pastors, and I said, "Hey, uh do you know any Christian producers?" Because I, at this point, I decided, I think I'm going to start making music again. But I'm going to make music, not, 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 I'm not, not in plans of you know, getting big. It was just something I enjoyed. And it's like I, I'm going to, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be for God. But I want it to be 100. percent God, so not just from the aspect of me writing the lyrics, recording the music. I want the guy who's producing the beat, you know, to be doing it for God, not for money. And yeah, the guy who's engineering it. I want you know, I want God's hand on every part of it. Yeah, yes. And so I didn't know any. I didn't know any producers. So I asked two different two different pastors that I've kind of been you know keeping in touch with. If they knew any, they said no. They both said, well, we'll specifically pray for that. And I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I'm at work, so I just go on with my day. And an hour later, I get a a message from somebody that I've never met. And they're saying, hey, uh, there's a producer that I think would be really good for you to work with. He said, uh, he's going to message you. And so I get a message from this guy from North Carolina. Uh, He goes by Mac 11 Beats. But, uh, you know, he's a Christian. I ended up talking to him for a couple hours on the phone. He said, you know, he's like, I want to hear your testimony. He was pretty amped about it, too, because it felt like it just like the timing was perfect. And it was like in which way that nobody could have directed it but God. Yeah. And uh, so I'm listening to like his music catalog and he's got real good stuff but it's like nothing was really touching nothing felt like man that's the one or that's the one it's like yeah listen to a lot i feel like a lot of it was like i like slower beats you know that i can kind of tell stories on and the live was real fast and so i i, I forgot to even hit him messaging him back that night and the next day uh sitting at work and i get a. it looks like a like he left me a voice memo on facebook so I click on him like what could this guy possibly, you know, saying like in a voice memo, he couldn't text to me. so I click it, and it's not it's not a voice memo, it's actually an instrumental that he made. It's like within five seconds, all of a sudden I'm getting goosebumps, like I feel the Holy Spirit, and it's just like, Wow, that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> and so I mean, then at that point I still hadn't found an engineer. You know, I I hadn't even got to the point of looking for an engineer, I guess, because I, you know, hadn't even purchased a beat. But so I was asking him. I said, "Hey, you know, how much? How much do you want for exclusive rights to the beat? You know, because if I'm going to buy a beat, I want to, I want to own it. You know, I don't, I don't want to have it to where it's like they have different like levels of contracts where you can. So say you buy the lowest one. Limits you to selling three thousand copies. uh You can't put it on the radio. You can only shoot one music video. But with the exclusive rights, you know, you can sell unlimited copies. I can perform perform the song. You know, I can stream unlimited, and I can also unlimited music videos. Yeah, and you know, just I own it. You know, I don't can do whatever my, you want my with fear, it. Yeah, yeah. My fear was like because I've seen it happen to people where they they lease a beat and then say a song gets big and next thing you know, they're either giving money to someone else for their work or they're getting sued, you know, just, you know, I, I wasn't interested in playing around, you know, and he said $75. And, uh, I'm like, okay. And then God's like, send him a hundred dollars. It's like, okay. Send him $100. And I hear God whisper in my ear. said, you don't trust me all the way, do you? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean, God? And he says, send him the other $400. Because someone had just gifted me a check for $500 out of the blue the night before and said, put this towards starting your ministry. And at the time, I didn't think nothing of it. But God is just showing like. If I give him everything, he was letting me know, like, I will make it worth it for you. So you know? good. But you need to give me everything because at that point, it's like it was really the the idea of giving my finances to God. Because myself, I'm already bad with money, so it's like, you know, I can't give any more money out. I'm hard. I can't even save what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But I finally, I'm just like, all right, I trust you, God. And so it's, he's really shown that, in fact, he is a real person, real, God is real without a shadow of a doubt. Yes. He is there. He speaks. And he doesn't play around. He's about it. So, yeah, (laughs) it's been, it's been pretty powerful. Just things that it's like I dreamed of happening all happening you know it's like two things happen one day next day there's five different things my dad says are you writing this stuff down <laughs> Says no but it's like I told him it's it's like so much is happening it's like I need to because I've been forgetting or stuff. at least
1: voice record it right um, now that
2: you say that, that would probably be better. <laughs> yeah, voice recorded. <laughs> <But> yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and it's fun because it becomes really fun when you do full surrender like that for Christ. Like you're all in, Bryce. Oh, it and that's when it yeah. becomes really fun to be, to call yourself a Christian. Like to actually call yourself a believer, a follower, a Christian is when you go into full surrender like that. That's when it's fun. Like you're like Like
2: God is my homie, right? We're 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 tight, (laughs) you know. Like it's not he's not like my heavenly father. Like he's he's my dog, you know, (laughs) not not in the animal sense, but like you know, D A W G. Yeah, yeah, we know. Capital D. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, and at the end of this episode, we're gonna play Bryce's song. What's the name of your song, Bryce?
2: I haven't really named it. Okay. I, I, can, I can tell you um, the, the first two lines in the song would be a good gist of it, but I said uh, pretty much I know right or the song is going to be called Right, but it's not in the sense of right and left. Mm-hmm. It's right because God has me right where I need to be. Yeah. That's good. And at first it was just where I need to be but now it's also right where I want to be. Yeah. But it, you know, I think need to be is a priority over want to be.
1: Right. Yeah. But
2: yeah, it's, and it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. Cause it's like, I write the lyrics and I, I'm not really thinking that deep. And really, I've just been letting the Holy spirit, like, you know, i you know, help me write this song, you know, and, it, you know, it's kind of just comes to me and, And it's like I listened to it, and it's like, man, there's no way. How did I think of that? You know, there's no way. (laughs) The Holy Spirit
1: was just flowing through you, giving you the words. Like, man, this is good. I know when Matt and I listened to it when you sent it to us, like literal, like goosebumps from the Holy Spirit. Like it was.
0: We feel very special that we've gotten to listen to not even just the final product, product, but we've kind of listened to the song as you've made some changes and things too. And I'm just like this last recording, I was like, Whoa. Like I just, I was like, Whoa.
2: It's (laughs) it's, like I said, it's like each, each time it's like, I'm leveling up, I'm leveling up, getting one, one more step closer to God. And just things are coming together so much quicker and, it's it's like man i feel like god is really making up for missed time yeah yeah it's it's been powerful
0: well i think the most important thing that you've done in all this and maybe it's for good reason because he's doing so much in your life but like ultimately what i always tell people is like it's about surrender right like you're just like i'm doing it all for you god like give me whatever you want and if you're willing to do that he takes you into places that you've never done before and he plants people right in front of you out of the blue and you're going what the heck is going on like you almost don't even know how to absorb most of it right like that's kind of how it feels
2: yeah well and it's like a lot of the times it's like I don't realize that necessarily it was God it was God that was doing these things until like you know it's like the first thing like I meet somebody and it's like oh okay that was cool but then I meet someone else that connects me to the the other person as well and it's like you know wow like that was God you know and it's well and it's not even to the point where it's debatable if it's God or not there's no other way no other way it could happen, you know. So we heard this quote
1: today um, that in a church that we went to here in Portland, Oregon, and this really relates to what you just said, Bryce. Um, the pastor said, Pastor Jenny um, Donley. She said, "You have enough in you have enough hindsight that now you have a lot of foresight." So you're putting the pieces of your past together to bring you so much of your foresight, like to think forward now. And we really think that that's what God does, right? Like he puts the pieces all together and then we look back, we reflect and we're like, wow, this makes so much sense now.
2: Yeah, no, I think you're right. But you know, one thing that I've really tried to maintain is like living in the moment. I don't want to try to get ahead of myself because yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. My my
2: plan is main well for sure probably is not God's plan. So it's like I don't want to I don't want to drum up ideas like, you know, what if the song, you know, goes platinum and I get rich and it's like <laughs> God may just want me to touch one person with that one song and yeah. if that's does his will. I'm about it, you know, Right. I'm just trying not to get uh, ahead of God, you know, because you never can get ahead, but I don't want to create unrealistic expectations or, you know, yep. expectations that aren't even close to what God has in store. I don't know. And- I'm assuming he's got some crazy plan worked up. I mean, he created the universe. So I can't imagine how like sweet his plan is for me, you know. Yeah. Right,
1: and there's so much power in that, not trying to control it, but just letting him you know do his thing. I will say that, um, when you told us the story about your dream with spraying the goo in the eyes and then it eventually all fell off, it instantly the story about Saul came to me in acts nine eighteen so in nine nine eighteen it says. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. Instantly, something like scales fell off Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. So your story about where you've been and where you're being brought into it just really reminds me of going from Saul turning into Paul. Um, And I know when we originally spoke you know, the name of this uh, episode came to me right away. It was almost God just placing it and saying, he was in the devil's path of destruction. So the devil's destruction into my freedom, into God's freedom. Like you went literally from destruction into his freedom, which is so awesome.
2: Yeah. And I often wonder now if, i mean i feel like there was there's probably a a reason that the devil had attacked my life so hard because it's like you know like every parent tells their kid you know you got so much potential you know it's kind of cliche but it's like i'm starting to see like wow like i'm really changing the way people look at god you know i'm Who would have thought I could be changing the lives? Not me changing, but God could be using me to change lives of drug dealers, criminals. Yeah, you know, just any groups of old men, young men. It's you know, it's yeah. Who would have thought? You know, yeah. I sure didn't.
1: (laughs) And and share with our audience too, like, um, what you sign your name as, like on Facebook.
2: Are you referring to what I used to? Yeah. Oh, so my original rap name was Bryce. Well, it was actually Bruce the truth. And I was given the nickname by some kid at a party when I was young. Uh, somebody said something dumb and I called him out on it. And he's like, oh, man, you speak the truth, man. <laughs> he's, like, Bruce. he's like, I'm going to start calling you Bruce the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so I kind of just, I, I, and also when I I worked at Jiffy Lube for my first job Uh and my manager, my manager thought that it would be funny to get Bruce on my uniforms instead of Bryce. So that's why people called me Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, the music I was putting out was far from the truth. I guess it would have been my truth, but if in the, in the sense of truth being, you know,
1: The one truth, godly truth. Yeah, yeah.
2: it 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 was far from far from anything close to what God would bless. That's for sure. But
1: I love how you nowadays on Facebook, you know, when you're posting stuff and where you're at right now, and you're like from your local hope dealer. It's no longer the local (laughs) drug dealer. It's your local hope dealer, right? And I just love that. I think that's that's so cool. So
2: well, and i i was i looked it up like the hope dealer thing and apparently it's a thing with like AA. so i'm like well i don't know about that i mean i'm not (laughs) but you know it's it's weird because it's like i've i've brought hope to to people that didn't know there was hope you know yeah yeah and you know i'm just the messenger but it's like people people hit me up then they're like you know you know, I see you're, you're full of joy. Like you're, you're so positive. You're like, and they're like, and they, they, it's like they don't even really know what they're like. They don't, they're not asking, but they want to ask, but they, they, maybe they don't have the words, but, and then I usually, it's like, you know, I've been there. Like I've, everybody is looking for that one thing, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in, Women, drugs, cars, clothes, you know, shoes. It's like I was buying all these things. I had all this money. But when the party was over, when I was in my room by myself, my friends left, I was empty.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: And it's like there are so many people out there that are looking for something to fill them up. But yet they don't know that there's something that can fill them up. That's why it's like, you know, jumping from one thing to the next. And you know, sometimes you get you'll get a temporary buzz from something, it's like, ooh, you know, maybe this is it. And then that fades away, and it's like, okay, on to the next and on to the next. And so really I when I when I talk to people, I just I'm like, you're not alone, you know. I was in your shoes, you know, just two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. And And then they're like, well, I noticed you're going to church. And I was like, yeah, like you can come most of the time. They're like, oh, I don't know about that. But it's like, you know, you got someone's got to plant the seed, you know, whether I'm the one to water it, watch it grow. I don't know. That's, you know, that's got for God to figure out. But yeah, the least I can do is, you know, say, hey, this, this, this worked for me. There's no reason it won't work for you. Right. But there's stipulations. It's not, you know, it's not, you can't just take a couple puffs and pass it along like a, like a joint, you know? <laughs> right. It's, it, it, you know, cause I've, I've done that, you know, it's like, oh, you got some God. Well, let me hit that a couple times. And, and it's like, you know, you hit it and it's like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. But, but then you pass it and it's like, uh, eh, you know. You sober up, and it's like, okay, whatever, back to normal.
1: right?
2: So it, it's, it's you know, seeing it, it, it's a commitment, you know? Yeah,
1: it's it worked, is. It is.
2: Yeah. But it's work that's worth it. Worth it. You <laughs> know, just like when you go to work for your job, at the end of the week, you get a paycheck. I mean, God is nowhere near a job. I mean, if I could just work for God for a living, sign me up. <laughs> but you know for right now the bills ain't paying themselves so right. but it's just been it's been a wild experience like you know people that i had never thought would reach out one thing really that spoke to me the most one of my best friends uh we went bowling and uh he said you want to drink and i'm like no i quit drinking and i was like Try- I-, I took god out of the equation i was like telling him you know i quit drinking because you know i'm tired of being hungover, tired of spending money and he looked at me like dead in the eyes like he said dude no stop and this is someone who i would never expect to say what they said to me but he looked me dead in the eyes and he said i see the stuff you're posting on facebook and i love it and he looked me dead in the eyes and said don't stop so cool and it, and it just like it hit me because it's like, you know, I I don't know if he's been to church or not, but yeah, never would I have thought that he, it, and you know, when I, when I called him, he's like, oh, is this Pastor Bryce, you know, <laughs> he's giving me crap, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, here we go. He's going to lay one into me, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. I realized like, you know, there are people out there that they need. I mean, everyone needs God, but. Yeah. I think they're running out of things, you know, to try to fill that gap in them. Yep. And it's like, wow, it, something's working for him. What is going on? You know, sign me up. Well,
1: well, Bryce, I I just want to uh, we have to close because we're running out of time. But I I really want to just let this audience know there's a final message in this and all of this that you've brought to our audience today that. It doesn't matter how flawed you are, how much you've sinned, what you've done in your life. God loves us all the same. And He wants each of us to have a relationship with Him. And you don't have to even step foot to give your life, step your foot into church to give your life over to Christ. You can just get down on your knees and just pray it yourself and ask Him into your heart. And and also do step into church and you don't have to wait until you're perfect to go into church. We're all flawed walking through those doors. Each one of us, no matter where we're at in our walk with Christ, we're all flawed. We're all, you know, we've all sinned. That's the that's our nature. We're in the flesh. So, but I just want to let you all know that you're loved by the most important, the most high God. And we just hope and pray that um, the song that we're going to play Uh, that Bryce has created uh, through the Holy Spirit, that it touches your lives and that you share it and spread it with everyone that you think could use it or need it, or just enjoy it. Like just listen to it on repeat. Um, I hope you enjoy it just as much as Matt and I enjoyed it and some of our friends that we've sent it to. Um, Bryce, thank you for being on today. You are a powerhouse man, and it's gonna be so fun to watch what God does with you on this journey and the calling that's on your life, you are like nobody else we've met. You're very unique and God has something really cool for you. You're going to touch so many lives. And this is just the first song.
0: And I feel like there's an episode two coming um, because you've already shared with us many stories of people that God has put in front of you and he's already using you to touch people's lives. I feel like we need to have you back on to cover some of these stories and I know there's going to be more in the coming weeks. So if you'd like to do that, we'd love to have you on for that too.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) And if I could leave one parting message for anybody listening to this, yes, is there is hope dealers in every town and every city around this world. Uh, And if you, if you're looking for that one thing, it's probably God because he's been looking for y'all.
4: me right souls saving these souls have been stuck in the dark even the brightest of flames before they maintain, they started out just as a spark there is a hope in the light in the dark he is the way and the truth and the light he is the way when you lost in the dark inviting him into your life is the start he could change your life in an instant if you gave him all of your heart i thank god for the struggles i've been through he's been there through all of this time and all of them places you've fallen He's been waiting for you just to let him in Be your only got out the dark So why not let tonight be the night You give up your problems and end up the fight You gotta be tired of doing this wrong So open yourself up for change and do it tonight And I thank you Lord You got me right, 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 right Where I need to be Right where I want
1: We're going to go ahead and pray us out. Um, Hope you all enjoyed that song that we just played. So, uh, Matt, do you want to pray us out tonight?
0: Sure, why not? All right, go for it. All right. Father God, we just thank you for another amazing episode of The Radical Road. We thank you for Bryce um, and just opening up the time for him to be on here, Father God. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for what you're doing in his life. Lord, we just... His testimony is so powerful. We just hope that you touch this episode, Father God, and it reaches people where they're at. It doesn't matter what they're in, what they've done. There's a place for them in your kingdom, Father God. All they have to do is reach out and call your name, Father God. So we just thank you again for putting this episode together, for putting this testimony together. Lord, we just ask that you Bless Bryce and continue to use him powerfully the way that you're doing. Lord, we just ask that you bless our audience and that uh, you open their eyes to what they have access to. There's something beyond what is in the world. And it's you, Father God. We praise you. We love you. And we thank you.
1: And yes, and thank you, Father, for the intercessory prayers for those people that were praying for Bryce all along, for his parents that never gave up. And Lord, we just praise you and thank you for all the families out there that um, that are praying for their loved ones, that their loved ones that seem far gone and lost with addictions or sexual murder. Immor- immorality or anything that they are dealing with. They're not lost, they're not gone. And we just believe in the power of prayer and the power of intercessory prayers, Lord. Thank you for your prayer warriors out there. Thank you for people like Bryce's family and everyone that was praying for him. Thank you for the churches out there like Radiant Church that just surrounds and builds community around people. Lord, we just praise you and we thank you in your mighty heavenly name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. We'll see you on the road. All right, ten
1: four.